It was the spring of 1983, and this little band you've probably never heard of, they're from Ireland, and they released their third studio album called War. And the, the most famous track on this album was called Sunday, Bloody Sunday. And the band is, as hopefully a lot of you, if you love them as much as I do, it was you 2 But the song was written from the perspective of someone who endured what people called the Troubles, especially in Northern Ireland. The Troubles were nearly three decades of this war, this long simmering war between people who wanted Northern Ireland to be a part of the United Kingdom and those who wanted Northern Ireland to be a part of a united Irish island. Think about that. Three decades long, not somewhere else, not in a country far away, but war around the corner, where you live, bombs, violence going off. And um, that is not how most people in Southern California experience reality. And I can't imagine what it would be like to have a generation, more than a generation, grow up with this as their normal, enduring these difficulties and these hardships that most of us watching who have access to YouTube, we can't possibly relate to that. But the U2 song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, it focused on this event in January of 1972. British soldiers shot and killed 26 unarmed civilians, and they were actually running away from the soldiers at the time. And as you listen to the song, knowing this, you can begin to feel it in your bones if you imagine this kind of event happening on the streets of your neighborhood, happening to boys and girls that you actually know. And the opening line, it gets me. The opening line says, I can't believe the news today. I can't close my eyes and make it go away. That song was written almost 40, oh, 40 years ago. And that line, that still happens. That happened to me a lot this year when there's news of another school shooting, when there's an episode of violence in my town, or when there's a racial injustice or, or some human tragedy or the wars that have happened in our world this year. And you, you line up all, you'll see it if you line up everybody's social media feeds, you'll hear this question in response to these bad things that are happening in our world. You'll hear this question, how long, just like you too, how long must we sing this song? And it's a way of saying, how long do we have to endure all this tragedy, all this pain, all this grief? And and how long do we grieve those who've died needlessly? How long? Two important words, how long, still ring out in our world today. Through cancer wards, through cell blocks in a prison, through labor camps, through brothels. How long do we have to endure this? They're said by couples who've tried to get pregnant for so long, they say, how long do we have to endure this? It's in the longing for a loved one who's been gone a long time. How long until they come back? And for those who've grieved a person who's going through mental illness, how long is this going to happen? When can I get some relief? Maybe they're dealing with mental illness themselves. How long am I going to feel like this? So for those who are distressed 
by the gap, like in what they see, like there's a gap between what the church could be, what the church should be, or what the church is actually like. God, I'm heartbroken over this gap. How long is it going to be like this? And for most of us, we see the gap between the way the world is meant to be and the way the world actually is. There's a gap between God's design and the lived reality of what we go through and what we see on TV. What a question. How long? These two words, they they, they represent the cry in the human heart for justice, for wholeness, for equity, and for peace. This is a cry deep down in, in all of us. And it comes from the guts of those who feel like they've just waited long enough How long? These words are almost primal. I mean, it's some some of the first things my kids learned to ask on a car trip. How long? Um, But these, these questions, this question is old. It's ancient. David in the Psalms prayed this prayer numerous times, beginning early, early on in the Psalms. And it reflects his inner turmoil and his anguish. How long, Lord? How long? He prayed it about his own relationship with God. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? He prayed this prayer in frustration when he was enduring social wrongs. How long, Lord, will you merely look and tolerate the intolerable? David prayed it in grief when it looked like God's enemies appeared to be winning. How long will the enemy mock you, God? David prayed it as he felt ignored by God. He said, how long will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? And also moving on, the prophet Jeremiah prayed this prayer over a land that had been ravaged by war and famine. How long will land lie parched and the grass be withered? Other prophets like Habakkuk, how long, Lord, must I call for your help? but you don't listen. Hear the honesty and the agitation in that prayer. How long must I cry out to you? Violence, but you do not save. Daniel, also the prophet, he prayed this prayer. How long will it be before astonishing things are fulfilled? Zechariah, add another one to the list. He was praying for this eagerly as he was hoping for an end to the tribe of Judah's exile. How long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and from the towns of Judah? Then in the book of Revelation, we have the martyrs gathered around the throne of God. How long, sovereign Lord, Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood, How long? It's one of the most honest and most common prayers in all of human history. How long, Lord? How long? We're in this third week of Advent, this uh, season in the church calendar, which is uh, not just a period of of waiting for presence and and all those warm and fuzzy things, and that has its place. But thinking about this week where we we ask God, how long until you return? And there's hope in that because we're we're believing that Jesus will return and we're in this in-between period. Advent is also a period for us to repent. 
of, of how we've, we've gone astray from God's path. And also, like just a plain old recalibration of asking God, yes, we can ask how long in the midst of all of our pain and our struggles, but also say, okay, where's my heart in all of this? Where am I reaching out to for comfort? Where am I reaching out to for stability? Who am I running to when I'm scared? And Advent is a great time to refocus on the person of Jesus Christ. Yes, we anticipate in what's coming. Isaiah also, in his longing for how long, God, when are you going to send your Savior? Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Here we have Isaiah inspired to write these words that Jesus himself would quote. And Jesus is saying, you know, the the first recorded time we have him like teaching in the synagogue and he's announcing, hey, the year of the Lord's favor is here. I've come to set the captives free, to bring light to the darkness. And in this season, we celebrate that yes, Jesus came once and he's coming again. And we deal with the reality that's in our faces that we're in between those two times. In this season of Advent, there's an already and a not yet aspect to what we're experiencing and to what we reflect on. And this is the tension of the Christian experience. As I was researching for this, I came across a quote that says, in in some senses, all followers of Jesus live in Advent. We live in between the two comings of Jesus and we are longing for Jesus to come back. Because on the one hand, God's already done so much for us. We remember that with joy, that's the theme this week, we remember with joy and gratitude that Christ came. He left the comfort and safety of heaven when his first coming. And we celebrate what he's already done. And to do this, we've, we just read so many of the prophets to help us like, put, uh, put an anchor to like, okay, Jesus came once and we anchor ourselves to the present by reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness and patience with us in the past. So we remind ourselves in the season of all that God has done for us in and through the person of Jesus. And even now, God is doing that work. Even if we can't perceive it, even if we don't know what God's up to, God is at work to restore and renew our whole world. But that prayer still exists. How long, God? Are you, how long is it going to be? And yeah, Jesus answered it with, God answered it with Jesus' first coming. And we're still asking, when are you coming again? We're still waiting. And the world isn't as it should be. So 
How long, Lord? We've been praying it this year in 2023. It's, it's been a good year in many ways, but it's also been a year where, where tough things have happened. The good things have happened. We've welcomed babies into the world. People have gotten married. There's been beautiful days, but there's still days filled with violence and war. The, the America's quasi-religion, quasi politics, last I checked, it's still dysfunctional. How long, Lord? Uh, I listen to this podcast quite almost every episode, a couple times a week. It's called Truth Over Tribe, and they describe so many Americans as the exhausted majority. They're not going to go to the far right or the far left, and they, but they're tired of all the, the, just the fighting, and they describe them as an exhausted majority. I would think that describes a lot of us who are asking the question, how long, Lord, until you return? Maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like you're at the end of your rope. And if that's you, I want you to remember Jesus' words to the, to the apostles right before he ascended back to heaven. He said, it's better for you that I go away. Which is an interesting, like we're just asking how long till you return, what an interesting thing to be reminded of, that it's actually better for us right now, that Jesus has gone away to prepare a place for us because we have the Holy Spirit with us. You know, we, we, we can reflect on this longing of all this, all this longing for things that have yet to be fulfilled. But Jesus said, we have the Holy Spirit with us and he'll give us everything that we need through the Holy Spirit to, to get through this time. So I want to invite you to let that how long, Lord, praise. I want you to, to work up that angst. I want it to, that prayer to rise up in you and transform into a new prayer. Christmas time prayer. <laughs> the last prayer recorded in the Bible. It's in Revelation 22, and it's three simple words. Come, Lord Jesus. What a great bookend. Two bookends. How long, Lord Jesus? How long? Come, Lord Jesus. So in the view of all the suffering in our world and all the abuse and hatred and mistrust in view of everything that's messed up right now, we pray, come, Lord Jesus. I want you to, to take all that you've invested these emo emotionally and all these longings into this simple request. Come, Lord Jesus. Three simple words. The first word, come. Come, Lord. It's a request for presence. It's what we celebrate on Christmas Day, the incarnation. Jesus putting in on flesh and blood and being with us, God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus said for us right now, it's better that he goes away so that the Spirit might come. When we say come, like the Holy Spirit, come to to be with me, come live inside my heart. Please increase your presence in my life is another thing that's happening when we say, Lord, come. It's what this season is all about, God coming. So use that prayer, God, come into my life. Say, please establish your home in me. It's, it's a humbling prayer because it recognizes that the stuff you and I need most is actually outside of us. Like We're not the answer, and the answer isn't somewhere inside of us unless Jesus is living inside of us. It's a prayer of humility. Lord, come into my life. It's saying, 
I've tried my best, but I'm insufficient on my own. So would you please come? Would you please come into my life? Would you please bless me? Would you please grace me? Will you please give me more of your presence? Or open my eyes so I can be aware of your presence in my life. Lord, come. The second word of this prayer is the coming of the Lord. Come, Lord. So we're not using this three-word prayer for some vaguely like religious-ish, therapeutic, warm, fuzzy moment. We're asking that the one who sits at the right hand of the Father come and establish his beachhead for a new kingdom in our hearts. Come, Lord Jesus. We're asking Jesus to rule our minds and our hearts right here in the middle of the chaos and the disorder in our world, outer world and inner world. It's a prayer of submission. Come, Lord Jesus. And it's inviting and acknowledging the one who is fit to be the king of our lives. And, and that person isn't you. <laughs> that person isn't me. It's Jesus. So it's kind of a dangerous prayer. It's a prayer of inviting this positive spiritual warfare in our own hearts saying, you win, you win. If there's anything else in there, you win, Jesus. So it's a potentially life-altering prayer. Because if you've grown up in church, you may have heard people talk about this when you were a kid. Have you invited Jesus to be your savior? Have you invited Jesus into your heart? And that's wonderful and good. This prayer asks the question a different way. Have you invited Jesus to be the Lord of your heart, the Lord of your life? I think in all of, like this is a simple question, but it's a very good question for us to ask in this season, come, will, Lord Jesus, will you come into my life, into my heart and establish your kingdom right here? The third thing about this prayer is that it's recognizing Jesus as the Lord. It's very important. You're not the Lord. I'm not the Lord. I'm not saying, come Lord Mike and fix my problems. Please don't say that. No, come Lord Jesus, the one who would stomp on the head of the serpent. Jesus is the one who all of the prophets were expecting. Come Lord Jesus, the one who was born through Mary, the one who preached the Sermon on the Mount. Come Lord Jesus. The Jesus who touched lepers and infected the sick and unclean with grace and holiness and purity. Come Lord Jesus, the one, the Jesus who would shoo away the accusers of the adulterous woman. The Jesus who tangled with the religious elite and the Jesus who suffered on our behalf as an enemy of the Roman Empire. Come Lord Jesus, the one who hung between two criminals and who has died and buried and the one who rose again to rule at the right hand of the Father. That's who we're inviting to be in charge of our life. The one who's promised to come again, just like he came way back when. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. For me, I've been praying this prayer the past, past couple days. It's been cathartic. For me, it's a release of pressure because it's an authentic request. Jesus, I don't know what to do. Lord Jesus, come, be the Lord of my life. I'm gonna do my best, but trust that you'll make up for, for where I fall short. Come, Lord Jesus, into this moment. 
So I want, I want you to pray this prayer. Come, Lord Jesus. Every time that prayer, oh, how long am I going to have to deal with this? When that prayer wells up, convert it to this one. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into this moment, this hurt, this, this weakness, whatever it is in your life. And pray, God, will you please increase your presence in my life? I invite you to use these three little words. Come, Lord Jesus, as a prayer. Keep it in your back pocket as you go throughout the rest of this Christmas season, the next coming days. Just keep it with you. Whether, no matter where you fall on the Christmas spirit end of the spectrum, there's room for everybody. Whether you're feeling pretty scroogey, I've had a few Christmases like that, or you feel like uh, singing is my favorite and you're the elf from the movie Elf. Like Wherever you fall on that, this is a great one to put in your, in your pocket because Jesus comes to both he comes to both sorrow and joy. He comes to uh, plenty and nothing. That prayer works for both ends. Come, Lord Jesus, and would you establish your rule and your reign? So I want to invite you right now to recalibrate your heart and take just kind of which way are you going? Take stock. Are you moving towards Jesus or are you moving towards your own way? There couldn't be a better time. This is, this is a great time. It's a great time to recalibrate your life and, and get back on the right path if you've fallen off a little bit. Maybe you've veered off. So let's take right now and just let God search our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, we give over to you that longing inside of us that's angsty, that's, that, that recognizes that this place isn't our home, and we ask you to come into that emotion and come into that space and begin the, the process of healing the wounds that we have. Begin the process of comforting us when we say, come Lord Jesus, may everyone who can hear my voice right now, may they experience your presence with them right now as only you can do. Fill them with your spirit and give them in the midst of what they're going through a renewed sense of joy and hope that is unexplainable. So God, we, we once again proclaim you as the Lord of our lives. We confess that with our mouths. And God, the moment we veer off track, we're asking that, that your still small voice, the voice of the Good Shepherd, will call us back. And we will, and, and we will allow you to just work through us. So we give it to you, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, I hope you have a great week. Thank you for spending a few moments with us. We would love to interact with you way more than just on Sundays or whenever you're watching this on YouTube. Come, come say hi to us at sgbic.com. Don't be shy. We love interacting with you and, and journeying with you on your way in the middle of the week too. So you can always reach us there. And until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. And the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.